radio and TV entertainment, AM, FM, podcast show. With Yolanda Nolly. Hey, hey, this is Yolanda Nolly, your girl with radio and TV entertainment, AM, FM, with celebrity comedian, co-host, Super Fox. What's up, y'all? What's up? We got the most talented Khalid in the building. You know. <laughs> what to do, people? I just want to Yeah, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. You, to me, you're amazing, man. I got a chance to look at one of your videos, and you, like, fire, boy. You fire. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. You don't know how much that means to hear. You know, you can never hear that enough. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you've been out here so long, you know what I'm saying? Constantly grinding and and still relevant, you know, after so many years, especially how the industry done changed up and going different routes right now. So to still be relevant at this point in time with these new millennials and the different ways, like, it means a lot, bro. It really does. You know what I'm saying? I just want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, how do you, your career started? We want to know a little bit about you and how your career started and, and what took you on this road? The first thing I did, okay, I was just, I was always in love with music since I can remember. I remember when I first heard Ring My Bell. If you up, if you up on this. Yeah, I remember Ring My Bell. I was probably, I don't know, five, six, or seven. I know I wasn't no older than seven. And I still remember that song, like what it did to me. You know what I'm saying? It was something about that funk era that, you know, that literally, it was like the birth of my, you know, beginning of just, you know, having a love for music and always wanting to hear and feel something different. You know what I'm saying? So I used to be hiding off in the basements when all the, you know, the aunties and uncles partying, and, you know, kids ain't supposed to be down there. You know, yeah. under the yeah. stairs listening to the music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about all the old jazz. Like, I learned a lot about music at a very young age, so... But just when I, re- I even remember the first, when Sugar Hill first hit the market, you know what I'm saying? And what that did and how that changed the atmosphere, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, music just always been a part of me, but I didn't know how I can be a part of it outside of just loving it, dancing and singing the songs I hear. But um, the first time I decided to write, I was probably about 12 years old. We was in English class and we had to do like a little poem or something. And so I went home, and at the time, you know, Fat Boys was like one of my favorite groups, you know what I'm saying? Fat Boys, all right. Yeah. Yeah, you already know, the Human Beatbox, Cool Rock, yeah. the you know what I'm saying, Prince Marky D, you know, that whole era of music was just bananas to me. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think once rap got to around that, when them and DMC and Kuma, when all of them started, you know, just like breaking the ground, that's when I started figuring out how I can be, you know what I'm saying, you know, how I can be a big part of, you know, music at that time, because singing, for me, that just wasn't working, still ain't working, you know what I'm saying, but the whole fact that I can express myself, you know what I'm saying, by rhymes, so the first time I did that was like 12 years old, I remember walking around in the kitchen, I'm looking in the cabinets, I'm looking for food stuff, I'm writing down rhymes, you know, stuff in the cabinet. I took it to school the next day and I wrapped it in front of the class and the class did something that I never felt before and it was just like this crazy cheer, like applause that they have gave me that like literally ignited, 
you know, ignited me, you know what I'm saying, and pushed me, like, right into just continue on doing it. So that was the very first rhyme, bro. And, like, I, I haven't lost that hunger yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm still hungry to just change the normal. You know, the normal what you hear. I always got a different way of going about it, man. I just want to feel what people think when they hear it. You know what I'm saying? So, well, we know you. We definitely can say that, you know, your music and the videos you put out shows your work. It shows your true love because the way it looks and the music, how it sounds, you can tell that you put work in it. And that's heart mm-hmm. and soul. Yolanda, what yeah. you got to say about that? I mean, a whole lot. He took me way back. You know, I was thinking about <laughs> Roxanne, Roxanne. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Kumo D and the gang, Sugar Hill gang, when they first came out. And like, when I listened to it, you know, you got a great message behind it. And not only that, but yeah. you know, you can hear some of that music from way back a little bit in a mix with, yeah. with today's music. You know, that it's music for everybody's ears. Like when I heard your intro in the mixtape, I'm like, wait a minute. I can hear a little bit of KRS-One in that, you know? Oh yeah, one but, of my idols, yeah. You know, but I can also hear your message when you're talking about street life. You're talking about, yeah. you know, what's happening now, it, you know, with the world of the youth, and you got a clear message for them when you do it, because you know that's music ministry. You know, that takes me back. You know, I'm Southern Baptist, so yeah. you know how we get down. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you get the church that's right. and the we music. Y'all know how to praise your dance, boy. Uh, okay. Don't. I be thinking you gonna stop yourself right through the flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get a storm. We get. Oh, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> It's all through there, man. It's all through there. You're so right. There's so many different inspirations. Like, I I don't have one type of music, you know what I'm saying, that I just kind of captivate on. Like, I literally, I'm I'm kind of, you know, consumed by so many different styles of music, you know what I'm saying? And and I think it, it just broadens the creativity, you know what I'm saying? And there's no room that I can't go into, you know what I'm saying, and do what I do. I don't have to not do this song because this place don't allow that or this don't allow that. Like, I literally seen music elevate from back when KRS-One was doing it and X-Clan and, you know, Common. All of those guys was doing it. Like, they had a different approach to it, you know what I'm saying? And they was, they was doing really good, but I've learned that the music that educates and the music that, that bring us together is the music that the industry sweeps under the rug. You get what I'm saying? So I don't want to be swept under the rug, but I still want to be able to, to educate. I still want to be able to bring us together. I still want to be able to sharpen without saying, without literally looking at as something that's going to probe this situation. You know what I'm saying? Because what they want to push down those pipelines, information is nothing but sex, money, drugs, you know what I'm saying? Violence, yeah. death, and all types of stuff. You know, that's what's just engulfing all of our youth right now. But you have to find that that one zone that you literally can give them a little of what they want, but more of what they need without getting, you know, pushed out of the way, without getting buried up under the surface. You get what I'm saying? Because we don't even hear no more a KRS-One no more. We don't hear no more light. You know what I'm saying? We don't hear no more of those guys that's been teaching in their music. You know, they still doing their things, but it's so far up underground, it's not reaching the masses. I want to get to the point where 
and actually it's getting better nowadays but we're able to reach the masses a lot better now but back in the day they pushed all of those pioneers man who who literally paved the way in, in, in you know in good listening and good music you know what i'm saying so what i do it is a strategic you know what i'm saying plan like right it's a natural for me but it's still a strategic way i go about it because i want to be able to get to them you know so I mean, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to be able to, you know, to see it, you know, gravitate to the youth, you know what I'm saying, the way it does. I'm going to say this, Khalid, definitely say this, you could be easy, you could be a mentor. Mm -hmm. Be a mentor easy, by the way, you're a positive brother, which, you know, we don't really have that many positive brothers out here in the entertainment field. That's a good thing. You being a mentor and a positive brother change the world you know what I'm saying so you need to pass this stuff on the bike amen Amen. no doubt man no doubt we need to duplicate what you do because right now and you're right I love what you said how you mentioned that the mentors like KRS-One that was talking about you know hip hop was really started out as talking about what the street life was about in an educated sense you know KRS-One would talk about it Sugar Hell Gang you know put a little fun in it but still was talking yeah. about it and uh, yeah. commenting all of them. Now you got music that, you know, they be humming, you know, it's all about the beat. And then they just kind of yeah, humble no, with definitely. it. You know, and, and they do a little rock with it, kind of movements to it and stuff. But see, when, yeah. that's why your music is very refreshing because when you come out, I listen to your music, I hear your message. And, you know, I hear your message and you're clear about it. You can hear it. It's not just, we just listen to beats and you just kind of talking. You're delivering a message, but you put in a lot of different elements of different kind of genres of music in behind that. Listen, yeah. this new generation is great because I'm gonna tell you straight up, I don't understand a damn word of Kodak Black. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand a word, and I don't understand how they love that man. Man, I'm gonna tell you something. Like, you know, this was purposely put here, Kodak Black and. You know, all of these cats, little this, no little way. that. No way, this, I believe were... he got some demonic spirits that need to be channeled out of him. You know what I mean? Because he talks about it in his interviews and stuff. And it's like, industry, I'm not sure if he was like that before or when he got into the industry on that side of in the music industry. But, you know, you can tell when they have that kind of spiritual realm where, where they have to talk about negativity all the time in their music. It's like it's in their contract. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. The industry is different. It's set up a different kind of way. I don't know how many people really know about it or how in-depth people may know about it. But I stood. the thing is... Huh? Oh, okay, bad. Yes, see, yes it sir. It's good to do that. <laughs> Definitely got to study. Hey, what do you say? Study, show yourself approved. And I literally, I'm so deep into studying and researching and and understanding why things are shifting the way it is. You get what I'm saying? Because if you remember, I want to say probably five years ago, five to ten years ago, it was so much coming out about the Illuminati and all of this demonic stuff and things like that was just entering the music and the videos and people supposedly selling their souls and this, that, and the other, right? That goes so far back into time Yes. As far as music goes, I'm talking about way back before rap even became anything, you know what I'm saying, that people would even take the time out for. You know what I'm saying? And it's even bigger than rap. Like, you know, it's just the 
entertainment industry, period. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a certain code that if you want to be famous, if you want to blow up, if you want to be, you know, just all over the world making all of this money, Mm -hmm. there's certain codes that you must go by in order to be all of that. Yes. Now, the best time to catch that is when they are young, they're hungry, you know what I'm saying, when they'll just do anything just to be just known. You get what I'm saying? The best time to catch them is around those times. So, yeah, this is what you want. These are the things that you have to do, right? You know, I'll wait so they, for you to say that. That's yeah. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, people like Lil Wayne came out just a kid. You know, young kids, like, had no thoughts of all of this demonic stuff on his mind. He just, he just, he was a fresh, you know what I'm saying, fresh glass of water to music when he came out as a kid. And then as he got older, he, as he became bigger, then he had to follow those certain codes. You know, Jay-Z and a lot of whole other brothers did. But that was five to ten years ago. Yeah. I remember they wouldn't allow positivity to be out there, let known Christianity to even hit the music, any type of religious, anything about Christ could not touch. They have to that, that at all. They have to like basically blasphemize Christ. They have, look at Madonna. Yeah. Look at Madonna how she be, you know, she be in her videos and she got the cross in her mm-hmm. mouth just licking on it. And I'm, I said, yep. every last video you see, it has some yeah, Madonna, sort of I remember Madonna. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a prayer. But, like a prayer, yeah, like a prayer, yeah, like a prayer, yeah. And that was crazy that they did that, but they purposely do things like that. Now, you know the crazy part did. about it, I like it. That's, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I like yeah, it. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I like a lot of it. Like, but, I mean, but the video was, was yeah. But you know, the thing is, I see what is, you know, what is going on. You get what I'm saying? That kind of, in a way, I'm gonna put it like to you. I thank God. That I'm not at that level in this thing. You get what I'm saying? Because I don't want to turn against my, you know what I'm saying, my family, my friends, or living sacrifices, or, you know, denounce Christ just to do what I love to do. I'd rather stay down here and do it all the time. You get what I'm saying? Then to have to get out there and be so big, and then these things, you know, come into play if you want to be the best, the greatest. You get what I'm saying? You got to sell your soul. Toby Neck was saying, I don't want to sell my soul. And, you know, I don't want to sell my soul and so forth. You know, gain the world and lose my soul. He says that in his song. But even he kind of gave it up to be where he's at. You know, Toby Mac. If you look at his videos, he got them symbols up there. He kind of changed his image around where it's kind of dark a little bit. But he's still talking about Christ. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, you know, the devil will let you praise God and jump up and down, shout, have the Holy Ghost. He'll let you do all of that, you know what I'm saying, until he's ready to, to do what he needs to do with you. You get what I mean? He allows you to go through all of that. And in the last few years, the industry literally has changed. Like, literally, they're leaning back towards righteousness. They're leaning back towards Christ. You know, you have a lot of young ones that don't understand it, but those ones that came through it, like Wayne and Jay, 2 Chains. All of these guys, they are now raising kids. You get what I'm saying? They are now trying to dilute the stuff that they were doing before when they didn't have all of these, you know, responsibilities and stuff like that. They have a voice now. 
So I listened to Two Chains the other day. He's literally teaching these youngsters because he knows that he is the voice over millions and millions and millions of people. So now that he has to change his way for his kid, he is literally changing the way for a lot of other ones now. You get what I'm saying? So now, like literally, Christ is on his way back is the point I'm, is what I'm getting at. He's on his way back. Like, playtime is over. And that's why so many different things is going on out here. So we have to use our platforms, you know what I'm saying, to be able to teach and educate them on what is happening because they're trying to misdirect us. They want us to look one way, and then they want to slap us from the other side. You you ever notice it takes a village to raise a child? And I'm going to tell you why I say that. It's because you can tell and teach people, that don't mean they're going to listen. Man, oh man. It said that yeah. in the word. It said that in the Bible that you it goes in one ear and out the other ear. It goes in one yeah. ear and out the other ear. In his parables, yeah. he said, you know, God bless those are the ones who yeah. hear it and they doers of the word. He said and, that. And that's why word. when I look at that saying that it takes a village to raise a kid, because uh, sometimes it takes more than one person to tell this kid, you are messing up. You need to straighten up. Right. That's true. It's all about. This is the thing that, um, the one thing, the one tool that we have to use, man, in order to get inside, in order to learn the languages that they speak, and the one tool that, quote-unquote, church folk, or, you know, or us as parents, the one tool that we have to use the most of. And when I learned this, man, I literally... Like, I'm blessed that the God showed me this, but that one tool that we got to use is the ears. That's the first thing, because they already feel like that their reality is not our reality, or our reality is not their reality. So they don't want, they, they're not comfortable with talking to us about the things that they're going through. You get what I'm saying? We have to literally sit there and hear and listen. You know what I'm saying? Become more than just a dad, become more than just a mom, but become a friend when it's a friend needed. Be a brother or a sister when it's a brother and sister needed. Like, a couple weeks ago, I was at a bar party all the way out in Hudson, Michigan. I'd never been there before. I step in the room, I see 400 kids, all of them, like on levels, drinking, high, smoking out their mind, having fun, not hurting nobody, not doing nothing to nobody, but I could tell that a lot of them are rebellious. And this is why they ended up at this party. Because the guy who has the voice over them that lives out there in these farms is a rebellious kid, and he does all of these things, and they're following him. So he not knowing that the guy that connected me and him was actually, he's a Christian guy that loves what I do and been loving what I do for the past 10 or 15 years. So he set it up for me to go out there and rock with these kids, right? I had 15 minutes on that stage where I literally had the attention of everybody in that room, brought the energy and love into that place that they hadn't, you know, hadn't been receiving. You get what I'm saying? And now they feel comfortable. Like, I, I think I talked to people for over an hour just on my way to the door and talked about 25 kids. You get what I'm saying? About different issues and stuff like that. Like, it's not that they don't want it. It's just that they don't know how to be open. So they go and hide in these places. You get what I'm saying? And I think that that's where, you know, we need to direct, you know what I'm saying, our energies and talents to the point where we can hear and understand their issues. 
Because I know when I was a kid, I didn't want to see no Jehovah's Witnesses. I didn't want to see no Muslims, no nothing. I, don't, I didn't want them to come near me. See, I didn't, I see didn't what you see what you said. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and I knew that. I knew it because I didn't want to knock on your door. Right, but I had to because I was gonna get a beat. You <laughs> see, you know, I think on the other side, I actually allow Jehovah's Witness to come to my home. You know, right. to come to my home because I know my that. grandma did, my grandma, and my daddy did. Like you know, it's not to not to knock their what they're doing but the reason I didn't want nothing to mess up what I was wanting to do you know what I'm saying I don't want to hear all that good stuff you get what I'm saying from nobody not no church people no sanctified but I didn't want to hear nothing from nobody because I was just a kid running wild you get what I'm saying but it wasn't until I went through everything I went through to start seeing for myself like oh you know what yeah I could have been in a better place and position you get what I'm saying if I had to sat down you know what I'm saying and just listen to somebody you know at least listen if I'm going to receive it or not. But the way I felt back then, you got to think that there's other people out there that probably felt the way you did. And that's how these kids are. Except they're a little bit more rough around the edges than we were. They don't even care. You know what I'm saying? They don't care if they live or die. They don't care about none of that. They just want to go until they gone. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to say so, it, but it's how, you know, people got to realize that Satan was Lucifer at one time. And he was the head of all, you know, he was the minstrel in heaven. His thing was music. You know what I mean? His thing was music. Mm -hmm. And then when he was cast out and he said, I saw Satan, you know, falling from the sky like lightning, in a sense, mm -hmm. you know? And people got to realize yeah. that, you know, that back in the day, you know, I'm not sure people are familiar with Aleister Crawley, but Aleister Crawley, you know, people look at him as a god and people don't realize that when you look at the Beatles album, you see his face. In the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band album, I'm going uh -huh. way back now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his face is on there, and he would yeah. teach them how to do backmasking. And for those who don't understand what that uh -huh. is, backmasking is when they used to play the records back in the '60s and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I didn't know that. And that you that. can hear a different message, like when they played Jay Z's album Seven Seven Seven, whatever Six Four Four Four. They, when you play that backwards, I don't know how you did because I know we got CDs now, but he was able to do it in church and he played it backwards. He said, this is the message that he got for everybody. And literally when he played it backwards, it said, kill Jesus. Mm -hmm. Oh, Khalid. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Khalid. Yeah. Yolanda. Yeah. Khalid. Let's introduce yeah. my boy Cat Nip to the, the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cat okay. Nip. Yep. Hey, what's going on, y'all? What up, Nip? What's going on, Khalid? You all right, dude? Oh, man, yeah, man. I'm having a very, very good conversation, man. I'm having a very good conversation with these two. They, like, got me excited over here on, on some kick the head off the devil type stuff right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've been sitting here listening, you know, waiting to come in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're having a great conversation, but you know that. That's what you do, you know, you comfortable in what you do, and you know, that's why I like putting you on the show, because you know, we got these church shows, and you know, I haven't had Khalid on the whole lot, on Khalid Rock the house every time, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, you do. You might as well call Cat Nip the Black Jesus. <laughs> 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 and I, I ain't gonna say. I ain't gonna say that. You know, I, I, you know, I, um, I'm just a humble person that just, you know, do what I do and believe what's right. You know, I always say I, I go to church all the time and everything, but you know, I'm a good person. I don't, you know, like they say, everybody don't have to go to church to, to live by the rules, you know what I mean? Hey, the church will make you feel like a hypocrite sometimes. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. Like, you know I'm in church, but I got to commit a sin. <laughs> <laughs> you say you got to commit one. <laughs> got to. No, I'm not a but look, he said in the Bible and stuff that he came for the sinners. He didn't come for the righteous. So, you know. That's right. That's right. Oh, I don't know. You know, they ask me what side I'm working with. I'm, I'm on the middle. man of God and you have such an amazing spirit Mr. Khalid I want to know more about you know what you do when in terms of the INCAR the International Committee Against Racism you know I was really impressed by that you know when I heard about that that you're involved in it yes 
that movement right there, that began when I was 14 years old. Okay, and um, the thing is, now the point of me bringing that up because I've always been a part of something, even if I didn't fully understand it. You get what I'm saying? And it kind of makes who I am today, how I believe. Like, my heart is set on outreach. My heart is set on community centers. You know, feeding the homeless. You know, just making a difference, awarenesses and things like that. And when I was writing that bio, right at the time I was writing, it took me back to how long ago, you know what I'm saying, when I first began in NCAR. You know what I'm saying? And we were, like, traveling. Like, it was just two leaders. It was a husband and wife. Well, the wife was a black woman, and then the, the husband was a white man. And they came together as NCAR, you know, to fight against racism because racism was really big, you know, back, you know, 30 years ago or so. Like, it was, a, like, a really hard issue. You know what I'm saying? So their union and their marriage was, like, a great example of, you know, black and white. You know what I'm saying? You know, can be as well. You know what I'm saying? You know, segregation is just, you know, was a thing of the past. It's what they was trying to, you know, push out there. Yeah, I was a part of different rallies. You know, we ended up on college campuses where, you know, a U-Haul truck pulled up and the Nazis jumped out the back of the truck, popped their shields, had their swastikas, and all this other stuff going on. And, you know, and all of a sudden, they just broke out to a wild fight. And here it is, we throwing bottles and sticks and all kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just so against those things so all my life like literally I've always been a part of something that was moving major you know through the communities and that was the first one you know what I'm saying right now my personal one that, that I'm set on you know putting down on the streets I've been working for the last three years it's called the ambush the ambush is an event that I do three months out of the year the summer months and what we do is we um we team up with um Forgotten Harvest the Food Bank we get a lot of, you know, clothes drives and stuff going. We set up in one of the communities that's really needed, you know, for the homeless and, you know, the hungry. And, you know, we bring up different health resources and we do this big, you know, this big event in the middle of the neighborhood. No matter what neighborhood is in, the neighborhood that needs the most, that's the one we touch down in. And the ambush definitely, it just stands for, you know, always ministering, battling and utilizing and staying humble. And it literally has like a great, you know what I'm saying, um, outcome every time we do it. Like we fed over 200 families last year um, in October and clothed, and clothed the whole neighborhood. We barbecue, we do a concert, you know, Christian hip hop and dancers and singers and stuff like that. And had a lot, had an international recording artist out there named Seven from out of California um, to come out. So I do that a lot. Like that's my baby right there. Like I, I try to at least do three of those a year. Well, Khalid, yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to ask you something, too. Khalid, I see that you do a lot for the community in, in your music. But the most important thing I want to know is about how are you when it comes to your family? Oh, man. Like, family, man, is, that's number one. You know, it's God, family, ministry, then music. Okay, so I put the quality time, you know what I'm saying, where it's needed most. And I, and I make sure that, you know, I'm a great husband. You know what I'm saying? And me and my wife have been, we've been together 30 years. This will be 31 years in November. Since we were yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And all of our kids, you know, are together. You know, I've had, we've had our kids together, no, you know, outside, you know what I'm saying, kids, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, that's you know, rare. I, yeah, that is very rare. But you know, I have a, a great communication you know, with my family, you know what I'm saying? Like my wife and I, you 
know, we've been together so long that, you know, we can communicate without even talking sometimes, you know what I mean? So yeah. we have, um, just like any married couple, you know, we have ups and downs or whatever, but I feel like the fact that we were friends before we even thought about being together is like the true foundation and rock of our relationship that literally fights for us to be together when we don't even want to fight for each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've been friends for a while before we even, you know, before we even got together. So I'm I mean, jealous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I want that's a real friend. relationship, and, and that's an old-fashioned art these days where people don't realize yeah. you got to be friends first. That's your yeah. friends because that's how it yeah, develops right. and transcends for the long haul. When you become friends yeah. first, you know. Right. I want to go back to like the community stuff. Like Khalid just did a lot with me you know when i did some of my charitable stuff and then he's also vice second was it second vice president of the land club with me wow. yeah he yeah. do a lot of stuff with that and then speaking of that i also got added to the conversation is deborah on the phone she wanted to say a little something about khalid deborah you there hi yes i'm here hey deborah hey hey yeah. hey yeah, I have. I've seen Khalid perform several times. I really enjoy watching him perform. He has great energy, and it's really the message I think is what catches my attention because I'm really a jazz person. You know, I do like some rap. But I have to listen to what the message is saying. And his message really touches me. It's inspirational, it's encouraging, and it's positive. And one other thing that you have to think about is kids, they like to dance. Okay, mm -hmm. and you can dance to his music. And I know that's, and that's another thing that I think about. Because I'm a dancer, I like to dance, you know. And when I saw him in concert, he just kept going on and on and on. I mean, he did so many songs. Oh, my You like to dance, but I'm going to ask you, can you dance? I can dance. She said, I can dance. a black woman, can she dance? Isn't that Oh, I got some people trying. 
be single for that long, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm single. But yeah. I do a lot of charity work. Also, I do, you know, with Kalik, we did a Christmas party for the uh, Detroit Lions Club last year. Kalik participated, his family participated, and we raised a lot of money for the blind and visually impaired children of Detroit Public Schools. Gave them Christmas parties and a lot of gifts and he participated, Katnet participated, you know, mm-hmm. we all kind of work together and try to get the community going. We are working on Christmas party, right? I mean, not a Christmas party, a celebrity basketball party, and Kalik is going to be one of the players. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. you I'm going to dust off the Jimmy's. I'm going to come back out of retirement one more time. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I'm going to say, Kalik, I can't milk. Can I play with? He say they ain't letting no handicap get on the thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it like that. I just say just say no handicap. I just say I don't see how you can play with a kickstand. All I can say is I see it. It can be done. So yeah, right. Yeah, it can be done if they can run track. With no feet, mm-hmm. I'm sure he can play basketball. Amen. I tried to tell him, I tried to tell him, but he didn't believe me. You got places and stuff that help you, you know, to do the layup and everything. It can't Man, I got, I told him I got the $6 million leg, he don't believe me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but it's about everybody having fun and raising, we raising money for the kids. That's for the school, so it's a good charity, you know, for everybody. And the schools need it. You know, the schools do need it. They need all the help they can get. Yes, they do. Yeah, it's going to be hot, man. It's going to be loud. You can't wait right. to do that. <laughs> and that is a fun Almost way to incorporate everybody, too. You know, right. That's a fun way to incorporate everyone to have fun, and especially with the youth, to bring them in, right. to get them involved, too. Well, I know if this turn out successful, I'm coming on the next one regardless. You give me cat here. <laughs> Tug of war and stuff. You know how to play tug of war. Everybody want to be at the end. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Everybody want the mascot want to play. I was like, hey, you got the you got the mascot. I'm getting in, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what it is. It's because the media is gonna be involved. You know, that's what it is. Hey, you know, somebody, somebody gonna buy take a dog. He's gonna turn around and smile for the camera. Yes, we have the police and fire department on one team, and we're going to have comedians and rappers on the other team. Oh, yeah! Wow! And they all gonna have guns. No, the only one's gonna have guns is the the police and the rappers. Police, they (laughs) all have guns. Oh my God, on a big I got day. that word, right? Got that word. 
Hey, Khalid, you better be running down that damn aisle with you, man. <laughs> Got that word. You All right, that word. You said the little word is a sword. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell him. I'm trying to tell him. <laughs> yeah, right. He's already ready. That's going to be great, man. Shout out to my Lions Club family. You're right, right? Yeah. 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 We're in the house. Yeah. 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 I'm going to say Hey, Khalid, I'm going to say this. Shout out to my daughter who graduated next week from the National Hall. Okay. Right. <laughs> 
That's a great yeah. feeling, man. Yeah, it's a great feeling too because I think as black people, we all each other to work together and stick together and bring our kids up right. Because yeah. the world we live in now is just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So much killing, you know what I'm saying? So much, it's no love of life no more. You know what I'm saying? You bump into the wrong person and they ready to take the life. Yeah, well, you know, it, it depends on who you bump into. I've bumped into, I mean, I've met a lot of nice people. Strangers, I had gotten sick, I had passed out. I was catching the bus. It was late. And I'm in Detroit, okay? And everybody was so helpful. I mean, they were so helpful. They called the EMS. They were like, call the EMS. The bus driver was holding me up. I fell out. I was down on the cement. I woke up there. You know, trying to wake me up. They picked me up and waited till the EMS came. They One guy even missed his bus. You know, his bus came. He said, I'm going to stay right here with her. And that was just a blessing to me yeah. because they didn't have to do it. You know, I had my purse. I had groceries. I had all kinds of stuff. And there are good people in the world. You know, you just have to, you know... You just have to acknowledge it sometimes. You just you have know, to walk by faith. I would say, you're fortunate because if you stayed in a certain area, you probably would have woke up with no clothes and no blood first. But you know, the, the, the Lord does say, you know, you walk by faith, not by sight. You know, that's you can right. see that's it before right. you can see it. Yeah. Oh, 
doubt. For me, there are too many crazy people out here, and the love that I have for her, I don't care about prison. I'm just, I'm gonna be real with you. When it comes I mean, to my you're supposed to be with your kids, though. Anyway, you're supposed to do anything to protect that. them. I was put in that situation just real quick where I was looking at because of a friend of the family decided that he wanted to touch my daughter and my niece at age eight. I was put put in a situation where I didn't care about prison. I didn't care about death. I didn't care about nothing. But I was put in a situation where I was looking at 13 years and the judge looked at my folder and they asked where was the defendant at because it's because of after I did what I did, his mom took me to court. And, well, they took me to court and his mom was in court was trying to get me sentenced. Well, they found out that he was already in Jackson for molesting two other kids. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Two other little girls at that day. And so he's like, well, this case is closed. And they literally, and they, they when they read my testimony, they knew that I was hurt. I was still angry and I was nowhere rehabilitated. You know what I'm saying? To be back on the street if he was free. But they understood my pain and they let me go. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have to walk that down. But I don't ever want to put myself in a position where I can't go home to my family ever Mm -hmm. again. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's the worst hurt you can do to somebody who loves you. Do something that'll put you away forever or you you end up dead. You get what I'm saying? I I hear where you're coming from. Oh, I told you, I got a daughter myself. And you know, hey, <laughs> they might have to distract me down and stuff. You know, put a shot in my arm so I don't have to come after them. You know, yeah, yeah. okay, <laughs> knock me out. <laughs> you know, yeah. So a lot of people, and I see you, Khalid, but you see, a lot of people don't understand that it's just me and my daughter against the world. It ain't been nobody else but me and my daughter. You know what? That's what get me with all these kids today is that they act like they wasn't raised by nobody. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or they know they was they was taught, but once they, they get a certain age and get rebellious, like you were talking about earlier, they get rebellious and then act like they ain't got no kind of home training, and then the parents lose control or give up on them. Yeah. You know, then they pretty much out here on their own. You know what I mean? And then a, a lot of times, that's the kids are that's a part of growing and becoming independent, but you still have to guide them at that time right. when they're doing that. Because you don't want them to be Yeah. 
no, man, it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. It's gonna be a good look. You know what I'm saying? And I'm uh, just gonna let them know, man, we got some organization out here, man. We got some, some yeah, power, you know, some heavy hitters, you know what I'm saying? We know how to get money, you know what I'm saying, without stealing it or selling dope. We know how to stack, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. Some real some real entrepreneurship, you get what I'm saying? Right. Well, Radio and TV Entertainment, AM, FM, Podcast Show. Yolanda Nolly Radio and TV Entertainment AM FM Podcast Show With Yolanda Nolly Hey, 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 this is Yolanda Nolly, your girl with Radio and TV Entertainment AM FM with celebrity comedian Co-host Super Fox. What's up, y'all? What's up? We got the most talented Khalid in the building. You know. Oh, yo, yo. <laughs> what to do, people? I do. Yeah, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. You, To me, you're amazing, man. I got a chance to look at one of your videos. And you, like, fire, boy. You fire. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. You don't know how much that means to hear you know, you can never hear that enough, you know what I'm saying, especially when you've been out here so long, you know what I'm saying, constantly grinding and, and still relevant, you know, after so many years, especially how the industry done changed up and going different routes right now, so to still be relevant at this point in time with these new millennials and the different ways, like, it means a lot, bro, it really does, you know what I'm saying? I just want to ask you a question, I want to ask you a how do you, your career started? We want to know a little bit about you and how your career started and, and what took you on this road. The first thing I did, okay, I was just, I was always in love with music since I can remember. I remember when I first heard Ring My Bell. If you up, if you up on this. Yeah, I remember Ring My Bell. I was probably, I don't know, five, six, or seven. I know I wasn't no older than seven. And I still remember that song, like, what it did to me, you know what I'm saying? It was something about that funk era that, you know, that literally, it was like the birth of my, you know, beginning of just, you know, having a love for music and always wanting to hear and feel something different, you know what I'm saying? So, I used to be hiding off in the basements when all the, you know, the aunties and uncles partying, and, you know, kids ain't supposed to be down there, you know, yeah. one of the yeah. stairs listening to the music. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about all the old jazz. Like, I learned a lot about music at a very young age. So, but just when, I, re I even remember the first, when Sugar Hill first hit the market. You know what I'm saying? And what that did and how that changed the atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, music just always been a part of me. But I didn't know how I can be a part of it outside of just loving it, dancing and singing the songs I hear. But um, the first time I decided to write, I was probably about 12 years old. And we was in English class, and we had to do like a little poem or something. And so I went home, and at the time, you know, Fat Boys was like one of my favorite groups, you know what I'm saying? 
back and forth all night. Yeah. Yeah, so I already know. Hugo Beatbox, Cool Rock, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Prince Marky D, you know, that whole era of music was just bananas to me. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think once rap got to around that, when them and DMC and Kuma, when all of them started, you know, just like breaking the ground, that's when I started figuring out how I can be, you know what I'm saying, you know, how I can be a big part of, you know, music at that time. Because singing, for me, that just wasn't working. Still ain't working, you know what I'm saying? But the whole fact that I can express myself, you know what I'm saying, by rhymes, so the first time I did that was like 12 years old. I remember walking around in the kitchen. I'm looking in the cabinets. I'm looking for food stuff. I'm writing down rhymes, you know, stuff in the cabinet. And I took it to school the next day and I wrapped it in front of the class. And the class did something that I never felt before. And it was just like this crazy cheer, like applause that they have gave me that like literally ignited, you know, ignited me, you know what I'm saying, and pushed me. Like right into just continue on doing it. So that was the very first rhyme, bro. And like I, I haven't lost that hunger yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm still hungry to just change the normal. You know, the normal what you hear. I always got a different way of going about it, man. I just want to feel what people think when they hear it. You know what I'm saying? So, well, we know you. We definitely can say that, you know, your music and the videos you put out shows your work. It shows your true love because the way it looks and the music, how it sounds, you can tell that you put work in it. And that's heart mm-hmm. and soul. Yolanda, what yeah. you have to say about that? I mean, a whole lot. He took me way back. You know, I was thinking about <laughs> Roxanne, Roxanne. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Kumo D and the gang, Sugar Hill gang, when they first came out. And like, when I listened to it, you know, you got a great message behind it. And not only that, but yeah. you know, you can hear some of that music from way back a little bit in a mix with, yeah. with today's music. You know, that it's music for everybody's ears. Like when I heard your intro in the mixtape, I'm like, wait a minute. I can hear a little bit of KRS one in that. You know? Oh yeah. With, my idol. Yeah. You know, but I can also hear your message when you're talking about street life. You're talking about, yeah. you know, what's happening now, you know, with the world of the youth and you got a clear message from them when you do it, because, you know, that's music ministry. You know, that takes me back. You know, I'm Southern Baptist. So yeah. you know how we get down, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get to tell me. Right. And the music. Y'all know how to play this dance, boy. Uh, okay. So I be thinking you're going to stop yourself right through the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get a storm again. Uh-oh. Wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all through there, man. It's all through there. You're so right. There's it's so many different inspirations. Like, I, I don't have one type of music, you know what I'm saying, that I just kind of captivate on. Like, I literally, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, consumed by so many different styles of music, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think it, it just broadens the creativity. You know what I'm saying? And there's no room that I can't go into. You know what I'm saying? And do what I do. I don't have to not do this song because this place don't allow that or this don't allow that. Like, I literally seen music elevate from back when KRS-One was doing it. And clan you know, Common, all of those guys was doing it. Like, they had a different approach to it. You know what I'm saying? And they was, they was doing really good, but I've learned that the music that educates and the music that, that brings us together is the music that the industry sweeps under the rug. You get what I'm saying? 
so I don't want to be swept under the rug, but I still want to be able to, to educate. I still want to be able to bring us together. I still want to be able to sharpen without saying, without literally looking at as something that's going to probe this situation. You know what I'm saying? Because what they want to push down those pipelines, information is nothing but sex, money, drugs, you know what I'm saying? Violence, death, and all types of stuff. You know, that's what's just engulfing all of our youth right now. But you have to find that that one zone that you literally can give them a little what they want, but more what they need without getting, you know, pushed out of the way, without getting buried up under the surface. You understand? Because we don't even hear no more a KRS one no more. We don't hear no more light. You know what I'm saying? We don't hear no more of those guys that's been teaching and they music. You know, they still doing their things, but it's so far up underground, it's not reaching the masses. I want to get to the point where it actually is getting better nowadays, but we're able to reach the masses a lot better now. But back in the day, they pushed all of those pioneers, man, who who literally paved the way in, in, in you know, in good listening and good music. You know what I'm saying? So what I do, it is a strategic you know what I'm saying? Playing like right, it's a natural for me, but it's still a strategic way I go about it because I want to be able to get to them, you know? So, I mean, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to be able to, you know, to see it, you know, gravitate to the youth, you know what I'm saying, the way it does. See, you know I mean? uh, I'm gonna say this, Khalid, let me say this, you could be easy, you could be a mentor. Mm-hmm. Be a mentor yeah. is easy, by the way. You're a positive brother. Which, you know, we don't really have that many positive brothers out here in the entertainment field. That's a good thing. You being a mentor and a positive brother change the world. You know what I'm saying? So you need to pass this stuff on the bike. Amen. Amen. No doubt, man. No doubt. We need to duplicate what you do. Because right now, and you're right, I love what you said, how you mentioned that the mentors like KRS-One that was talking about you know, hip hop was really a, started out as talking about what the street life is about in an educated yeah. sense. You know, Kara was yeah. would talk about it. Sugar Hell Gang, you know, put a little fun in it, but still was talking yeah. about it and uh, yeah. commenting all them. Now you got music that, you know, they be humming, you know, it's all about the beat. And then he just kind of yeah, humble no, with definitely. it. You know, and, and he do a little rock with it, kind of movements to it and stuff. But see, when yeah. That's why your music is very refreshing because when you come out, I listen to your music, I hear your message. And, you know, I hear your message and you're clear about it. You can hear it. It's not just we just listen to beats and we just kind of talk. You're delivering a message, but you're putting a lot of different elements of different kind of genres of music behind that. Listen, this new generation is great because I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't understand a damn word of Kodak Black. Okay. Yeah, I don't understand a word, and I don't understand how they love that man. Man, I'm going to tell you something, like, you know, this was purposely put here, Kodak Black and, you know, all of these cats, little this, no way. No way, I believe he got some demonic spirits that need to be channeled out of him, you know what I mean? Because he talks about it in his interviews and stuff, and it's like, industry, I'm not sure if he was like that before or when he got into the industry on that side of in the music industry. But, you know, you can tell when they have that kind of spiritual realm where, where they have to talk about negativity all the time in their music. It's like it's in their contract. Yeah, well, this is the thing. The industry is different. It's set up a different kind of way. I don't know how many people really know about it or how in depth 
people may know about it, but I studied. the thing is, huh? oh, okay, bad. Yes, yes, it sir. is good to do that. <laughs> Definitely got to study. Hey, what do you say? Study, show yourself approved. And I literally, I'm so deep into studying and researching and seeing and understanding why things are shifting the way it is. You get what I'm saying? Because if you remember, I want to say probably five years ago, five to ten years ago, it was so much coming out about the Illuminati and all of this demonic stuff and things like that was just entering the music and the videos and people supposedly selling their souls and this, that, and the other, right? That goes so far back into time as far as music goes. I'm talking about way back before rap even became anything, you know what I'm saying, that people would even take the time out for. You know what I'm saying? And it's even bigger than rap. Like, you know, it's just the entertainment industry, period. Like, there's a certain code that if you want to be famous, if you want to blow up, if you want to be, you know, just all over the world making all of this money, there are certain codes that you must go by in order to be all of that. Yes. Now, the best time to catch that is when they are young, they're hungry, you know what I'm saying, when they'll just do anything just to be just known. You get what I'm saying? The best time to catch them is around those times. So, yeah, this is what you want. These are the things that you have to do. Right? You know, I'll wait for you to say that. That's so true. Yeah. And so now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, people like Lil Wayne came out just a kid. You know, a young kid. Like, had no thoughts of all of this demonic stuff on his mind. He just, he just, he was a fresh, you know what I'm saying? fresh glass of water to music when he came out as a kid and then as he got older he as he became bigger then he had to follow those certain codes you know jay-z and a lot of whole other brothers did but that was five to ten years ago i remember they wouldn't allow positivity to be out there let known christianity to even hit the music any type of religion anything about christ could not touch at all they have to like basically blasphemize Christ. They ha- look at Madonna. Yeah. Look at Madonna how she be, you know, she be in her videos and she got the cross in her mm-hmm. mouth just licking on it. And I'm, I said, yep. every last video you see, it has so Yeah, Madonna. Sort of I remember Madonna. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a prayer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. A pr- yeah, like a prayer. Yeah. Like a prayer, yeah. And that was crazy that they did that. But they purposely do things like that. Now, you know the crazy part about it? I like this. sell my soul and you know I don't want to sell my soul and so forth you know gain the world and lose my soul he says that in his song but even he kind of gave it up to be where he's at you know yeah. Kobe Mac 
if you look at his videos, yeah. he got them symbols up there. He kind of changed his image around where it's kind of dark a little bit, but he's still talking about Christ and stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, the devil will let you praise God and jump up and down, shout, have the Holy Ghost. He'll let you do all of that, you know what I'm saying, until he's ready to, to do what he needs to do with you. You know what I mean? He allows you to go through all of that. And in the last few years, the industry literally has changed. Like, literally, they're leaning back towards righteousness. They're leaning back towards Christ. You know, you have a lot of young ones that don't understand it, but those ones that came through it, like Wayne and Jay, 2 Chains, all of these guys, they are now raising kids. You get what I'm saying? They are now trying to dilute the stuff that they were doing before when they didn't have all of these you know, responsibilities and stuff like that. They have a voice now. So I listened to 2 Chainz the other day. He's literally teaching these youngsters because he knows that he is the voice over millions and millions and millions of people. So now that he has to change his way for his kids, he is literally changing the way for a lot of other ones now. You get what I'm saying? So now, like literally Christ is on his way back is what I'm getting at. He's on his way back. Like, playtime is over. And that's why so many different things is going on out here. So we have to use our platforms, you know what I'm saying, to be able to teach and educate them on what is happening because they're trying to misdirect us. They want us to look one way and then they want to slap us from the other side. You know, you ever notice it takes a village to raise a child? And I'm going to tell you why I say that. It's because you can tell and teach people that don't mean they're going to listen. Man, oh man. It said that yeah. in the Word. It said that in the Bible. That you, it goes in one ear and out the other ear. It goes in one yeah. ear and out the other ear. In his parables, yeah. he said, you know, God bless those are the ones who yeah. hear it and they do it of the Word. He says and, that. And that's why when I hear that saying that it takes a village to raise a kid, because sometimes it takes more than one person to tell this kid. You are messing up. You need to straighten up. Right? That's true. It's all about... This is the thing that... Um, the one thing... The one tool that we have to use, man... In order to get inside... In order to learn the languages that they speak... And the one tool that... Quote, unquote, church folk... Or... You know, for us as parents... The one tool that we have to use the most of... And when I learned this, man... I literally... Like, I'm blessed that the God showed me this, but that one tool that we got to use is the ears. That's the first thing, because they already feel like that their reality is not our reality, or our reality is not their reality. So they don't want, they, they're not comfortable with talking to us about the things that they're going through. You get what I'm saying? We have to literally sit there and hear and listen. You know what I'm saying? Become more than just a dad, become more than just a mom. But become a friend when it's a friend needed. Be a brother or a sister when it's a brother and sister needed. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a bar party all the way out in Hudson, Michigan. I'd never been there before. I step in the room, I see 400 kids, all of them, like on levels, drinking, high, smoking out their mind, Having fun. Not hurting nobody, not doing nothing to nobody. But I can tell that a lot of them are rebellious. And this is why they ended up at this party. Because the guy who has the voice over them that lives out there in these farms is a rebellious kid. And he 
does all of these things and they're following him. So he's not knowing that the guy that connected me and him was actually, he's a Christian guy that loves what I do and been loving my, what I do for the past 10 or 15 years. So he set it up for me to go out there and rock with these kids, right? I had 15 minutes on that stage where I literally had the attention of everybody in that room. Brought the energy and love into that place that they hadn't, you know, had been receiving. You get what I'm saying? And now they feel comfortable. Like, I, I think I talked to people for over an hour just on my way to the door. Talked about 25 kids. You get what I'm saying? About different issues and stuff like that. Like, it's not that they don't want it. It's just that they don't know how to be open. So they go and hide in these places. You get what I'm saying? And I think that that's where, you know, we need to direct, you know what I'm saying, our energies and talents to the point where we can hear and understand the issues. Because I know when I was a kid, I didn't want to see no Jehovah's Witnesses. I didn't want to see no Muslims, no nothing. I, don't, I didn't want them to come near me. You see what you said? I was a Jehovah's Witness. And I knew that. I knew Because I didn't want to knock on your door. Right. But I had to because I was going to get a beat. <laughs> you see, you know, I didn't on the other side. I actually allowed Jehovah's Witness to come to my home. You know, right. to come to my home. Now, I my know grandma that- did. My grandma and my daddy did. Like, you know, it's not to, not to knock their, what they're doing, but the reason I didn't want nothing to mess up what I was wanting to do. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear all that good stuff. You get what I'm saying? From nobody. Not no church people, no sanctified man. I ain't want to hear nothing from nobody. Because I was just a kid running wild. You get what I'm saying? But it wasn't until I went through everything I went through to start seeing for myself, like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I could have been in a better place and position. You get what I'm saying? If I had to sat down, you know what I'm saying, and just listen to somebody, you know, at least listen if I'm going to receive it or not. But the way I felt back then, you got to think that there's other people out there that probably felt the way you did. And that's how these kids are. Except they're a little bit more rough around the edges than we were. They don't even care. You know what I'm saying? They don't care if they live or die. They don't care about none of that. They just want to go until they gone. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to say it, but it's how, you know, people got to realize that Satan was Lucifer at one time. And he was the head of all, you know, he was the menstrual in heaven. His thing was music. You know what I mean? His thing was music. And then when he was cast out and they said, I saw Satan, you know, falling from the sky like lightning. In a sense, you know, and people got to realize that, you know, that back in the day, you know, I'm not sure people are familiar with Alistair Crawley, but Alistair Crawley, you know, people look at him as a god, and people don't realize that when you look at the Beatles album, you see his face in the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band album. I'm going uh-huh. way back now, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but his face is on there, and he would teach yeah. them how to do backmasking. And for those who don't understand what that uh-huh. is, Batmasking is when they used to play the records back in the 60s and everything. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's what it is. I didn't know that. I and didn't that know you that. can hear a different message. Like when they played Jay Z's album, 777, whatever, 6444. Mm. When you play that backwards, I don't know how you did because I know we got CDs now. But he was able to do it in church and he played it backwards. He said, This is the message that he got for everybody. And literally, mm. when he played it backwards, it said, Kill to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalid, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Khalid, yeah. Yolanda, yeah. Khalid, let's introduce yeah. my boy Cat Nip to the, the conversation. Yeah, yeah, what's up, Cat Nip? Hey, what's going on, y'all? 
What up, Nip? What's going on, Khalid? You all right, guys? Oh, man, yeah, man. I'm having a very, very good conversation, man. I'm having a very good conversation with these people. They, like, got me excited over here on, on some kick the head off the devil type stuff right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just sitting here listening, you know, waiting to come in. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I see you're having a great conversation, but you know that's, that's what you do. You know, you comfortable in what you do, and you know that's why I like putting you on the show because you know we got these tech shows, and you know I haven't had Khalid on the whole lot on Khalid Rock House yeah. every time. You know, bless man. man. Definitely appreciate you. Definitely, I was telling them earlier about that. Like, you know, you've been looking out for a long time, man, and very humble guy, man. And, you know, believe in, you know, making moves out here, man. So, oh, yeah. I've been, like, totally blessed to be rocking with you for a while. Yeah, I appreciate it, too. You know, yeah. what, what you do. You might as well call Cat Nip the Black Jesus. I ain't gonna say that. You know, I, I just, you know, I, um, I'm just a humble person that just, you know, do what I do and believe in what's right. You know, I always say I, I go to church all the time and everything, but, you know, I'm a good person. I don't, you know, like they say, everybody don't have to go to church to, to live by the rules, you know what I mean? That's right. Hey, the church will make you feel like a hypocrite sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, you know I'm in church, but I got to commit a sin. He said in the Bible and stuff that he came for the sinners, he didn't come for the righteous. So, you know, that's right. That's right. I don't know. They, you know, they ask me what side I'm working with. I'm, I'm on the middle. Right then, he don't wait till later. He play right then for it. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. get there. They say, get there. They say you can't get there. Wait, hold on. Let me call a lifeline. Hey, Khalid, uh, come over here, boss. Get in the gap for my loved ones, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I heard that, though. You know. Yeah, man. Just like this union right here, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you said one or two gathered in the midst, you know, here. You know what I'm saying? If we continue to come together like this, dude, like, really, dog, like, we can capitalize on all this mess. Like, we got to believe we got that power. You know what I'm saying? And we can take over this boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, literally. No, we're not asking for permission. We take it over. Like, we possess everywhere we step. We possess the land. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, you gotta, yeah, it's trying to stop back there, you just gotta bust through it, you know what I'm saying, just tell them to take it, you know, like, you're a hungry crackhead, you're like, hey, I'm coming to get this, I don't care what you say. <laughs> 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 right, 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 I like that, I like that analogy right there. Yeah, yeah, I have right. a question, you know, I see yeah, that, yeah. of course, you're a man of God, and see, you have such an amazing spirit, Mr. Khalid, I want to know more about, you know, what you do. When in terms of the INCAR, the International Committee Against Racism, you know, I was really impressed by that, you know, when I heard about that, that you're involved in it. Yes, that movement right there, that began when I was 14 years old. Okay, and uh, the thing is, now the point of me bringing that up, because I've always been a part of something, even if I didn't fully understand it. You get what I'm saying? And it kind of makes who I am today, how I believe. Like, my heart is set on outreach. My heart is set on community centers. You know, feeding the homeless. You know, just making a difference. Awarenesses and things like that. And when I was writing that bio, right at the time I was writing, it took me back to how long ago. You know what I'm saying? When I first began in NCAR. You know what I'm saying? And we were, like, traveling. Like, it was just two leaders. It was a husband and wife. The wife was a black woman, and then the the husband was a white man. And they came together as NCAR, you know, to fight against racism, because racism was really big, you know, back, you know, 30 years ago or so. Like, it was, like, a really hard issue. You know what I'm saying? So their union and their marriage was, like, a great example of, you know, black and white. You know what I'm saying? You know, can be as you know what I'm saying? You know, segregation is just, you know, was a thing in the past. It's what they were trying to, you know, push out there. Yeah, I was a part of different rallies. You know, we ended up on college campuses where, you know, a U-Haul truck pulled up and the Nazis jumped out the back of the truck, popped their shields, had their swastikas, and all this other stuff going on. And, you know, and all of a sudden it just broke out to a wild fight and here it is throwing bottles and sticks and all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, just so against those things. So all my life, like literally, I've always been a part of something that was moving major, you know, through the communities. And that was the first one, you know what I'm saying? Right now, my personal one that, that I'm set on, you know, putting down on the streets, I've been working for the last three years, it's called The Ambush. The Ambush is an event that I do three months out of the year, the summer months. And what we do is we um, we team up with um, Forgotten Harvest, the food bank. We get a lot of, you know, clothes drives and stuff going. We set up in one of the communities that's really needed, you know, for the homeless and, you know, the hungry. And, you know, we bring up different health resources and we do this big, you know, this big event in the middle of the neighborhood. No matter what neighborhood is in, the neighborhood that needs the most, that's the one we touch down in. And the ambush definitely, it just stands for, you know, always ministering, battling, and utilizing and staying humble. And it literally has like a great, you know what I'm saying, um, outcome every time we do it. Like we fed over 200 families last year mm-hmm. um, in October. And clothed, and clothed the whole neighborhood. We barbecue, we do a concert, you know, Christian hip hop and dancers and singers and stuff like that. And had a lot, had an international recording artist out there named Seven from out of California um, to come out. 
So I do that a lot. Like, that's my baby right there. Like, I, I try to at least do three of those a year. Well, Khalid, yeah. I, I want to ask you something, too. Khalid, I see that you do a lot for the community in, in your music. But the most important thing I want to know is about how are you when it comes to your family? Oh, man. Like, family, man, is that's number one. You know, it's God, family, ministry, then music. Okay, so I put the quality time, you know what I'm saying, where it's needed most. And I, and I make sure that, you know, I'm a great husband. You know what I'm saying? And me and my wife have been, we've been together 30 years. This will be 31 years in November. Since we were Yes, that's yeah. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And all of our kids, you know, are together. You know, I've had, we've had our kids together, no, you know, outside, you know what I'm saying, kids, you know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, that's you know, rare. I, yeah, that is very rare. But, you know, I have a, a great communication, you know, with my family, you know what I'm saying? Like, my wife and I, you know, we've been together so long that, you know, we can communicate without even talking sometimes, you know what I mean? So, we have, um, just like any married couple, you know, we have ups and downs or whatever, but I feel like the fact that we were friends before we even thought about being together is like the true foundation and rock of our relationship that literally fights for us to be together when we don't even want to fight for each other. You know what I'm saying? We've been friends for a while before we even, you know, before we even got together. So, I'm I mean, jealous. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm that's, that's a real relationship, and, and that's an old-fashioned art story where people don't realize yeah. you got to be friends first. That's your yeah. friends because that's how it yeah, develops right. and turns in for the long haul. When you become friends yeah. first, you know. Right. I wanted to go back to like the community stuff. Like Khalid just did a lot with me. You know, when I did some of my charitable stuff, and then he's also vice second. Was it second vice president of the land club with me? Wow. Yeah. We yeah. do a lot of stuff with that. And then, speaking of that, I also got added to the conversation is Deborah on the phone. She wanted to say a little something about Khalid. Deborah, you there? Hi, yes, I'm here. Hey, Deborah. Hey, yeah, hey. <laughs> That's Deborah, huh? That's Deborah on the phone. Say something about him with the lights closed. <laughs> right. um, yeah, I have. I've seen Khalid perform several times. I really enjoy watching him perform. He has great energy. And it's really the message, I think, is what catches my attention. Because I'm really a jazz person. You know, I do like some rap. But I have to listen to what the message is saying. And his message really touches me. It's inspirational. It's encouraging. And it's positive. And one other thing that you have to think about is... Kids, they like to dance, okay? And you can dance to his music. And I know dance, and that's another thing that I think about, because I'm a dancer, I like to dance, you know, and when I saw him in concert, he just kept going on and on and on. I mean, he did so many songs. Oh, like, wow. You like to dance, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, can you dance? <laughs> 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 Yeah. <laughs> 
And I know about that picture in church. He said, oh, oh, wait a minute. Now you went with the best that you eat. Yeah, right. Don't think that she black that she can cook. Not all black people can cook. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I said, I didn't say black. I said from the South. They know how to cook. Right. I found Southerners that can't cook. Because I met one, I was like, how you from the South? I said, you the only one in the South that can't cook. What you know? You know what I'm saying? They want to you out of the South, right. Yeah, I can cook as well. I can dance and I can cook. be single for that long, okay? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm single, but I do a lot of charity work. Also, I do you know with Kalik, we did a Christmas party for the uh, Detroit Lions Club last year. Kalik participated, his family participated, and we raised a lot of money for the blind and visually impaired children of Detroit Public Schools. Gave them Christmas parties and a lot of gifts and. She participated, Catnip participated, you know, we all kind of work together and try to get the community going. We are working on Christmas parties, right? I mean, not a Christmas party, a celebrity basketball party, and Kalik is going to be one of the players. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the move. Oh, yeah, I'm going to dust off the Jimmy's. I'm going to come back out of retirement one more time. <laughs> 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 like, you know, I'm going to say, Kalik, hey, Catnip. Can I play with he say they ain't letting no handicap get on the thing. That's a fun way to incorporate everyone to have fun, and, and especially with the youth to bring in it yeah. to get them involved too. Well, I know if this turn out successful, I'm coming on the next one regardless. You give me cash. You know what? Everybody is trying to get in. The, the, everybody weak. So the coaches, the coaches said, "Oh, I'm playing too." You have to play. You the coach. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody want to play. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, play tug of war and stuff. You know how to play tug of war. Everybody want to be at the end. 
you know? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Everybody wanted the mascot want to play. I was like, "How hey, you got the you got the basketball?" Hey, you got the ball. Okay. Right. Yeah, you know what it is. It's because the media is gonna be involved. You know, that's what it is. Hey, somebody, somebody gonna buy take a dog. He gonna turn around and smile for the camera. Hey. <laughs> Yes, we have the police and fire department on one team, and we're going to have comedians and rappers on the other team. Oh. Yep. Wow. Uh, yeah, they all going to have guns. No, the only one that's going to have guns is the, is the police and the rappers. Police. They all got a gun. That was what you told me. The police and the rappers. Normally, that's how that is. Cause he gonna have his gun in the name of Jesus, though. He like bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he already messed up with the shield, you know, with the sword and the shield and all that. I got, hey, I got my two-edged sword. I don't need no gun. <laughs> he got the armor of God on him. I got that word, right? Got that word. Hey, Khalid, you better be running down that damn aisle with you, man. <laughs> got that word. You all right? That word. You said the look word is the sword. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell him. I'm trying to tell him. <laughs> yeah, right. He's yeah. already ready. That's going to be great, man. Shout out to my Lions Club family. You're right. right. Yes, They're yes. here. We're in the house. Yes. 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 I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Shout out to my daughter who graduated next week from the National Hall. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. 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 Yes. I love those stories, okay? That's what makes everything you do worth it. You know what I'm saying? Good to see that out here. It really is. <laughs> yeah. They got it. Raising my single daddy, raising my daughter. And I can't wait to tear them jaws up when I see her. <laughs> A thousand kisses. A thousand kisses. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm going to have to be like Tupac and share a tear. That's so sweet. Yeah, My baby, you know what I'm telling her? I say, when you get out of the National Guard, you're going to be G.I. Jane. But I say, that she's telling me, Daddy, when I go to the Army and I come back, I'm going to be able to whoop your behind. I say, oh, hell no, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I would DDT your mind. Okay, what they teach you? <laughs> Well, she will probably be able to do it. She's not saying she's going to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. she ain't gonna never do it. Okay, I'm mad she do it. <laughs> she's just saying, Daddy, this is what I've learned in the military. That's what she's saying. You know. uh -huh. She's just saying, Daddy, this is what I've learned in the military. The military, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. uh, we'll, we'll show that on somebody else. Basically, what she's saying is, if you're pushing on each other and you need her help, she'll be able to help. There you go. Yeah, that's, I know my boobs. I know she's too right now. You know, I just, like I say, when you raise somebody, and I know Khalid's doing, I know half of y'all got kids, y'all know about it. But when you raise kids and they turn out right, because half these kids don't turn out right, but. When you raise them and you see them, it just brings some kind of pain out your stomach. You have to cry. Because you know the work that you put in, you did it because you love it. The accomplishment. The see, I just remember why I was changing her diaper. 
You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, she's 20, and I don't forgot my age, but she's 20. It's just a blessing to be flying out, seeing her accomplished because now, you know, she's becoming a young lady, smart and educated. So, you know, I'm going to take a whole lot of pictures and Facebook it up so y'all going to see it. Do that. Right. Yeah. yeah, videotape it and everything. See the whole nine yards, you know what I'm saying? It was funny. I'm going to tell you one thing, y'all. Khalid, she was telling me about she was scared to shoot guns. She said, but after 10 minutes, she started loving it. <laughs> I said, what? I said, she started loving it. And she said, she really got a high score in shooting. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. That feeling. Yeah, so I said, die, I'm going to have a sniper. That's what I'm thinking, she's probably going to be a sniper. <laughs> okay. So, at least she's going to be trained and stuff. She ain't going to miss the mark. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah. feeling, man. Yeah, it's a great feeling, too, because I think as black people, we all each other to work together and stick together and bring our kids up right. Because the world we live in now, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So much killing. You know what I'm saying? So much. It's no love of life no more. You know what I'm saying? You bump into the wrong person and they ready to keep, take the life. No, well, you know, it, it depends on who you bump into. I've bumped into, I mean, I've met a lot of nice people. Strangers. I had gotten sick. I had passed out. I was catching the bus. It was late. And I'm in Detroit. Okay. And everybody was so helpful. I mean, they were so helpful. They called the EMS. They were like, call the EMS. The bus driver was holding me up. I, I fell out. I was down on the cement. I woke up there, you know, trying to wake me up. They picked me up and waited till the EMS came. They One guy even missed his bus. You know, his bus came. He said, I'm going to stay right here with her. And that was just a blessing to me because they didn't have to do it. You know, I had my purse, I had groceries, I had all kinds of stuff, and there are good people in the world. You know, you just have to, you know, you just have to acknowledge them sometimes. You, you know, and faith I would say, you fortunate because if you stayed in a certain area, you probably would have woke up with no clothes and no blood first. Uh, but you know, the, the Lord does say, you know, you walk by faith, not by sight. You know, that's you can right. see that's before right. you can see.
place that people need to get in their life. You know what I'm saying? Where you can't fit. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. no mm-hmm. sense of fear. Like, I don't want to walk around worried and scared. Like, I ain't want to drive around no more because my license bad. I got to keep looking in all the windows, put my seatbelt on. You know what I'm saying? Turn the music <laughs> yeah. down. I got tired of, you know what I'm saying, living like that. So I got my license straight. I got out of the street. No more drinking, no more smoking. I'm out of the system. And I can drive like I want to. If they pull me over, the first thing I'm going to say is, why you pull me over? Instead of, yes, officer, no officer, yes, officer. They ain't get out the car and still go to jail. So I want to live my life. I want my walk free, like open toe sandals. I don't want no complications, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be able to breathe easy. So if I sit here bound, you know, I don't want myself to be bound, you know, by carrying a gun all the time and worrying about anything and looking over my shoulder. You know, yeah. you know it, it, how can you, you know, be happy like that? You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you have no peace yeah. living like that. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of people. Yeah, well, I'm gonna tell you something. I ain't gonna lie to you. I gotta tell you something. It is be real. See, I love my daughter so much that <laughs> I do something crazy when it comes to her. You understand? No, no doubt. It, to me, there are too many crazy people out here, and the love that I have for her, I don't care about prison. I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. When it comes I mean, to her, you to be with your kids, though. Anyway, you supposed to do anything to protect them. I was put in that situation just real quick where I was looking at because of a friend of the family decided that he wanted to touch my daughter and my niece at age eight. I was put in a situation where I didn't care about prison, I didn't care about death, I didn't care about nothing, but I was in a situation where I was looking at 13 years and the judge looked at my folder and they asked where was the defendant at because it's because of after I did what I did, his mom took me to court. And, well, they took me to court and his mom was in court was trying to get me sentenced. Well, they found out that he was already in Jackson for molesting two other kids. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Two other little girls at that day. And so he's like, well, this case is closed. And they literally, and they, they when they read my testimony, they knew that I was hurt. I was still angry and I was nowhere rehabilitated. You know what I'm saying? To be back on the street if he was free. But they understood my pain and they let me go. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't have to walk that down. But I don't ever want to put myself in a position where I can't go home to my family. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's the worst hurt you can do to somebody who loves you. Do something that'll put you away forever or you end up dead you get what I'm saying right. like, that's the I, I hear you coming from oh I told you I got a daughter myself and you know hey <laughs> they might have to distract me down and stuff you know put a shot in my arm so I don't have to come after me back you know yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> knock me out <laughs> you know yeah so a lot of people, and I see you, Khalid, but you see, a lot of people don't understand that it's just me and my daughter against the world. There ain't been nobody else for me and my daughter. You know what? That's what get me with all these kids today is that they act like they wasn't raised by nobody. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or they know they was they was taught, but once they, they get a certain age and get rebellious, like you were talking about earlier, they get rebellious and then act like they ain't got no kind of home training and then the parents lose control or give up on them. Yeah, you know, then they pretty much out here on their own. You know what I mean? And then a, a lot of times, that's, the kids are, that's a part of growing and becoming independent, but you still have to guide them at that time. Right. 
Love you too. We can't wait to have you back. <laughs> Radio and TV Entertainment AM FM Podcast Show with Yolanda Nolly. Are you a talent trying to make it in the world of entertainment? The way to do that is through social media. But how? With the ebook, How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide, from author Yolanda Nolly. This incredible book will teach you how to brand yourself and how to earn profits using social media and other entertainment media platforms. The entertainment agencies will be offering you high-paying jobs. How to Profit in Entertainment, Social Media Guide. Order your copy today on Amazon and everywhere else. Chapter 1. How to Rise to the Top When Everybody There Is Already Think you've got talent? You're not alone. The power of the internet, YouTube, and reality television has created a big pool of famous and not-so-famous people. So how do you rise to the top in your career, especially as an actor or actress in Hollywood, when it seems so crowded above? These three tips will help you make the moves to superstardom and stretch your 15 minutes of fame as a movie star into an hour. Get trained. What separates the actors from the imitators? Their respect for the craft of acting. 
Before you spend money on headshots, find the best acting, singing, and dancing classes in your area, and invest in your career. The most talented people in the business continually train with acting coaches to prepare for roles. They don't take their gift for granted. It is quite possible to have the innate talent for a particular art, but the successful entertainers who continue to work in the entertainment industry have developed their art over time. Acquire multiple skills. Become a Jack or Jill of all trades. The stars of the future will write, produce, and direct their own projects. Don't get lost by having only one skill that can make you money. Become an actor, director, writer, producer, and even a model. Can't write? Collaborate with a young filmmaker who needs an actor or fresh new face for his or her projects. The top money makers in show business look for ways to increase their market share and find opportunities to promote their multiple skills. You must diversify your talent to stay relevant. Create your own products. Be a trendsetter. Want to be the next Barry Gordy, Steven Spielberg, Mark Burnett, or Oprah Winfrey? Create an amazing product. Become an expert in your field. But you can't be a trend follower. You must be a trend setter. Don't better the worst product. Better the best. Gordy is a musical genius. Spielberg is a film mastermind. Mark Burnett is the whiz kid of reality TV. Oprah is a successful talk show maven and the new product's best girlfriend. Find a niche, create products, and sell. But the products you create must be phenomenal, not average, not mediocre. Think like the greats. Improve upon their successes. Create amazing products that your audience can't live without. Famous people of the future are increasing their knowledge, creating products, and diversifying their talents. Some of these innovators are stealing the thunder from established stars that are still following the old rules found in the star-making playbook. Use my suggestions to stay ahead of the next group of reality stars and home video masterminds. If not, you might disappear before you even enter the game. Chapter 2 Finding Ways to Make Money Using Your Artistic Whether you have great musical talent, the ability to paint, or have outstanding writing prowess, you may be able to find ways to make money by using your talent. You certainly should use these skills to your advantage and not let them become wasted on just a recreational hobby. Musicians have so many different venues to go out and sell their talent, while a real, serious artist might still be able to sell their work if they can get their work exposed to the public eye. Writers often have a tough time trying to get their work published, but have outlets like short story and freelance opportunities as well to make a buck. While the most common stumbling block for an artist to find ways to make money is often their hardline stance on not wanting to be a sellout and wanting to keep their trade pure, this will often keep the artist very poor until they are dead. The smart ones will get out in the marketplace and try and get their art sold to as many people as they can. Quite a lot of musicians will work as cover bands or do things like weddings and school proms to make a buck, and writers will sell their work writing things they have little interest in just to gain notoriety and bring in the cash as well. This is often the price an artist has to pay before they are established in their venue of choice. 
If you are someone who has a talent, you may want to start looking for ways to make money from that talent. Even if it is a weekend gig just doing kids' birthday parties as a juggling cowboy or singing with a Beatles cover band, it will allow you to make some money doing what you are good at and potentially open some doors for you to expand off of that talent. No matter what it is you ultimately want to do with your life, letting your artistic skills find ways to make money for you cannot hurt. You never know how far your talent may take you these days, as the avenues to exposure on a grand scale are more plentiful than they used to be. From YouTube to American Idol, there are many roads to success these days. The best thing you can do is try your hand at as many paths as possible and see where it leads. If it never works out for you, so be it. You can return to your boring 9-to-5 day job and keep singing on the weekends. Chapter 3 How to Make Money from Your Crafts and Art If you are someone who enjoys putting together artistic projects, you can turn this into an opportunity to make extra money online. Whether you paint, make jewelry, take photographs, or craft other pieces of artwork together, you can turn this into a money-making activity. People are often willing to pay for different artworks which they enjoy, and as long as your works actually have artistic merit, you will have a good chance at making money from them. There are a few different websites available which can help you sell crafts and other pieces of art that you may have put together. By running searches and looking through some of the listings offered, you may be able to determine which website your pieces will fit into best. Taking the time to do your research will help you make extra money online as you will know the best places to put your talents without wasting your time. Should you start to make extra money online through your art projects, you will only be inspired to spend more time working on them. This will serve two purposes in your life. Not only will you be bringing in some extra cash, which always helps, but you will also be able to spend time doing something that you genuinely love. This goal, which started out simply as a way to make extra money online, will turn into a great chance for you to develop your talents and skills and grow as an artist. It is definitely an opportunity which should be explored by anyone who is serious about developing their talents. Chapter 4 The Right Way to Use YouTube to Promote You When we think of social media, YouTube is not really at the top of the list in the mind of an entrepreneur. It is less about social interaction and more of a good place to go for some distraction. This might be the case, but that doesn't mean it cannot be an integral part of marketing your brand online as an entertainer. What makes YouTube a social site is how easy it is for users to share the content with other people, as well as the ability to leave comments and subscribe to the channels they like. It is another way for a brand to reach its target audience online and grow its reputation as an industry leader. YouTube has the lowest average bounce rate of all the social networks. It is the continuous engagement from users that make it a channel that holds onto attention better than most. People are able to simply watch content instead of scroll and read. Another thing to consider is just how enormous YouTube's reach is. Over 1 billion unique visitors. That is a huge market that is largely untapped by so many businesses today. YouTube is a great channel for brands of all sizes in the entertainment world. Even for bloggers who are eager to grow their readership and build up their personal brand can take advantage of a simple platform by uploading videos. 
So, as a brand, what should you be doing to get the most of all that YouTube can offer? First, fill out your profile completely. It is the same on every social network. You don't want to leave holes. Make sure that you are giving as much information about yourself as possible. Visitors want to see your info when they click on your profile, so don't leave them disappointed. Then, give your channel a good description. The channel description is like an introduction letter. It lets people know who you are and what they can expect when they watch your videos. This doesn't have to be a great work of literature, simply a brief statement about who you are, what types of videos you will be posting, and how often. Be sure to use your keywords in your description to make your channel easier to find through a user search. Be sure to include links. On your About page, it is always a good idea to include the links to your other social sites, like Twitter and Facebook, plus a direct link to your website or blog. This is a good way to get more people engaging with your brand outside of YouTube and build your fan base. Give your page some love. You can personalize your channel art in YouTube by adding a profile picture. Make sure that it is something reflective of your brand by using your logo, colors, and even your own picture. Stay active. You don't want people visiting your page and only finding a few videos that you posted at the dawn of time. Always create new videos to post to your channel. Interact with your followers by responding to any comments that they leave. Send out a thank you when they subscribe. You can see anything being discussed on your channel under the Discussion tab. The more active you are with your channel, the bigger your audience is going to get. It is also a good idea to embed your videos into blog posts, status updates on social media, or on your website. This is a good way for you to add channel subscribers from those who are already following you elsewhere. YouTube is a key part of any marketing strategy. Are you using it for your brand?
doesn't matter if you're rich It doesn't matter if you're poor Everybody loves money It only makes you want it more Will you fight for the team? Are you the kind that makes a scene? Are you quick to make decisions? And then decipher what it means? Now the choices that we make in life are all up to us No matter what nobody says, your heart is all you need to trust To see the world through a visionary's eyes It's gonna take courage You're gonna need strength to Shoulders. I bet nobody ever told you that the road would be tougher than you've ever seen. Think about your faith and courage. No need to be discouraged because your dreams and virtues have brought you this far to see the world through a visionary. Day, another psychosis. Well, actually, quack, the uh, clinical term is a neurosis. What do you mean? You're my neurosis. I mean, I mean, you're my psychosis. I mean, because every day is is everyone else's and, and and you as my psychosis. Well, why are we getting personal, quack? Well, hey, that's what I live. That's who I am. Another day. Another psychosis. 
<sighs> Morning, Marge. Oh, it's you. Finally decided to show up for work, huh? Before you give me some half-baked pitiful excuse like the dog ate my gas pedal, aliens stole my underwear on my personal favorite, you had a gray matter leak in your brain and were waiting for the plumber. Give me one good reason, just one, why I shouldn't give you your walking papers right now. You know, technically, Marge is correct, Quack. These fabrications cloak a dormant inbred desire to shrug responsibility and return to infancy with a poopy diaper. With a what? I'm waiting. One good reason, March. I'll give you three. How about this is my office, you're my secretary, and you work for me? Oh, ah, uh, well then good morning, Dr. Quack. <sighs> I'll be in my office. Why do I even put up with her? She harasses the patients, lets the phone ring off the hook, and couldn't type a decent letter at gunpoint. As you colligate these facts, I must admit that was a little drastic. The gun wasn't loaded anyway. Wait a minute. Why am I even talking to you, Zig? You don't exist. You're just a figment in my mind. Fine. I'm here with you day and night to help you with your psychosis. And you treat me like some bad sushi left for months in the bottom of a desk drawer. I wondered what that smell was. Thanks. Regardless, I'm the psychiatrist here. Me, Dr. Quack. Doctor, understand? What do you think the DR in front of my name means? Delusional regression, if I took a clinical stab at it. Very funny, Zig. That's your opinion. Excuse me. Mr. Delusional Regression, your next patient is here. Tell him I need a few minutes. <laughs> I'm smelling the pungent aroma of a soiled diaper again, Quack. Look, I treat imaginary characters, and I can't even get rid of you. Maybe I should just end it all. That's irrational. And I refuse to be the one to add to your own destruction by telling you the gun is under your latest issue of Mallard Girl magazine in your top drawer. Oh, thanks, maybe. Maybe I'm just tired and hungry. I'm kind of short on money, and... I would allocate the funds, but I left them in my other attire. Ah, gotcha! You don't even have the money, because you don't exist! Now, who's the best psychologist? Both of us. Why? I purposely failed to tell you where the bullets were. So, Quack, how long have you had this fixation with self-destruction? When I could easily sell tickets or send you spam emails. <sighs> another day, another psychosis. 